This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Stain Billier, the Global Director of Sustainability for Multicolor Corporation. Hey, Stain, how are you? Doing well. Happy to be here. Good, good. Thank you for making time for us. Uh, we're excited to talk about what you guys do. But first, I want to hear about your background. What do you do? How did you get into this business of packaging? Sure. Yeah. So, Stambiat, based out of Belgium. My background is I'm a chemist. I actually have a PhD in polymer chemistry. And I rolled into, well, the role I'm in now, a bit into twofold. First, I started a company called Millican and Company based out of South Carolina, where I was there as a technical lead. So doing a lot of work with predominantly polypropylene producers, but also a lot of converters, injection molders, you name it. I've probably seen it at that time. But yeah, gradually got more and more interested in sustainability as in general, and then even went into a bit more of a sustainability for, for Europe at that time within Millican. And I was very fortunate that I used to work with a, a subdivision of my current company, that's MCC Verstraat out of Belgium. And they come and ask me, do you want to actually run the sustainability for our company? So I was very fortunate and I'm there now for, for more than two years. I'm very happy. That's excellent. I'm always fascinated by the stories of how people got into the packaging world and uh, they've usually had several jobs and it's it's very interesting to me. I enjoy it. So tell us about MCC Label. What do you do? What makes you unique? Yeah, so MCC Label, is a, as the name says, a label converter. So we're the biggest label converter in the world. So we're located in more than in 29 countries. We have more than 100 sites there. And we're actually, well, unique in the sector in the sense that we, we make premium labels, but also have a really big passion for sustainability. So we're trying to actually couple those two to make sure that you have, on one hand, the highest quality, which is important for your packaging, of course, but also to have that sustainable angle in there. So that's the, the quick summary of us. You know, I, I'm excited to talk to you because labels are often an overlooked part of sustainability and packaging and just often an afterthought. What can companies be focusing on to be more sustainable with labels? It's actually a very good point because labels is a a rather small part of the packaging, but it's a very important one and it's it's often overlooked. And I think if you you look at this, for us, it's very important that you you realize that your label can have a huge influence on on the sustainable aspect. Is it now recycling, reuse of whatever you want to do in this? So we always ask the question, what is the container type you have? Because not every label can be put on the same container type, but also what is the sustainability goal or what you're actually trying to achieve? Because that's that's very different. As an example, if you're a big beer producer and you don't want to have reusable bottles, but your labels needs to withstand the entire um, product um, life with a consumer in an ice bucket, in the fridge, wherever it is at a party. Right. But then when it comes back to the, the producer, it needs to cleanly come off, make sure that in the washing system, it's actually designed that you can reuse that. So right. it's a very different thing on, on a glass container. But then if you go for plastic packaging, typically for a different plastic uh, type, there's a different recycling infrastructure or a different cleaning infrastructure, temperatures, caustic wash, or just a normal wash. 
So there's a lot of work ongoing in making sure that there's um, the correct substrate, that's one, but also correct adhesive and the correct ink is applied on this. And that's that's often overlooked by a lot of companies. That's really excellent. It sounds like you've taken some time to look into how these items are getting recycled after they're used. Yeah, absolutely. And that's for us a, a very important thing because we can make whatever label we want. It's not going to be correctly sorted or correctly recycled. That There's a lot of issues in there. And we take a lot of time making sure that we have a regional focus on this because it's very important for us to, to have that understanding locally. Recycling in Europe is not the same as recycling in, for the US. And I know you had on your show, uh, Scott from the Glass Packaging Institute, yes. we know that quite well. And for he's Glass amazing. Yep. He's a fantastic guy. And, and, and we have a lot of meetings with him as well to try to understand, okay, on glass recycling, glass reuse, what is actually allowed and what is not allowed in there. So it's very important that we have a good understanding uh, of that recycling or reclaiming process, most predominantly for plastic containers. That's the important thing. PT, and, and we're very lucky that we have the Association of Plastic Recyclers as a good source of information, and we're also actively involved in there. But we need to have a very thorough understanding of the entire process. So that's not only the recycling itself, yeah. but also the sorting. I can give right. you one example. Certain shrink sleeves that you would use on, on a PET bottle you need to make sure that it's still corrected in the uh, correctly sorted in a nice stream. So we made sure that if you come up with something that actually there's a good way in the entire process. And that's an important part. That's excellent. And, you know, I'd be fascinated to hear some of these tips that maybe Scott or the, the plastics team have, have given you guys. Can you share any of those or those kind of industry secrets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And, and that's the thing. And, and we were discussing before we, before we started that it's about collaboration. And for us, that's a really important part. So uh, yes, there are some things that we keep to ourselves, but not the most uh, important ones. Uh, the most important ones, like like you said, if you have examples, an easy one to go for is, for instance, if you have a PET container, a bottle, you need to make sure that whatever you're using in this is actually coming off nicely and recycling. So typically there you can go for uh, a polypropylene label that nicely comes in the recycling um, facility. And, and why do we use polypropylene? Because at that stage, polypropylene, of course, will, will float and the PET flakes will sink. So you have a nice separation oh. of those two, making sure that actually the recycled PET flakes where you're doing it for are as clean as possible. So we make sure that we, we make everything going together with the label that floats, easy to separate off from the PET flakes and go on. So that's one example, but uh, others, if you, you want right. to go for a more full body sleeve, for instance, we have solutions that, that actually are PET as well. So PET shrink sleeve with a PET container. So it's yeah. easy to detect, but the inks are designed to cleanly come off as well in the recycling facility. So wash off inks that are uh, not harmful at all, but making sure that they're completely fitting to the to the recycling scheme. So it's these small things that, that we, we learn from conversations with, with the Association of Plastic Recyclers. And they even certified a lot of those solutions that we provide to the market as well, saying like, look, this is a good solution. We approve this. So whatever you wanted to have, we'll probably have something ready for you. That's such an important point that materials need to be monomaterial if possible. Or like you said, if it's a PET container, a polypropylene label that, that can easily remove maybe with a, a ghost adhesive or a removable adhesive or something like that, that will easily come off in the process. That's something we need to think about 
today. It's too late. But it's time to start thinking about this stuff. And we need to uh, band together and work together as a team of packaging professionals to make packaging easy to recycle or reuse, in my, you know, in my opinion. And I, and I think uh, I agree, but I think as a company that that's what we stand for as well. I think for us, it's it's very important that that you can tie actually some of the, the big trends that are coming now in the U.S. You have the U.S. plastic pack or if you have something else where you go, okay, we want to make sure that all of our packaging is recyclable, reusable or compostable. Okay, but how do you get there? And not everyone is aware of this and, and we're trying to... Uh, educate as much as we can and help in all these things sometimes it's a very easy solution yeah. just changing the adhesive changing a different label construction or as you said making sure that when you design all of your your packaging taking the label into account that your entire packaging will be seen as recyclable which is of course where we all want to go in that regard yeah, I'm I'm used to being the last phone call when a company makes a, a new product. Oh yeah, we need packaging. And and then the label is the last on the list of of <laughs> you know, oh, we also we should label these too, right? So, wow. you know, if we could start with that first and start with that as a congruent point or part of this full solution, I think we're going to be a lot better off in the future. You, you mentioned print as part of the solution here. Can you talk to us about the different kinds of inks or the different kinds of prints that make packaging or labels specifically easier to recycle? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I mean, it's important if, if you go for, for direct printing, for instance, I mean, those inks are fused within the package. So I think that's why a label is an interesting route because if you go going back to the PET example, you have a one material PET, you separate it off, recycle this. On the other hand, you need to make sure that those inks that you use that are, of course, they should not be toxic. If there's any food contact, they should make sure that they survive the normal conditions of, of, of the lifetime of the product. But in, I think the, the critical part is there, especially in the, in the recycling process or in the cleaning process, because those inks that you use of, in, in those cases, they cannot what we call bleed because if you have bleeding inks that again your your PET flakes, your polypropylene flakes, or whatever plastic flake could be uh, contaminated with this. So we really need to need to make sure that products that we have and the inks we use are designed that they stay where they need to stay. And there's a lot of options that you have in there. I mean, we ourselves are also experimenting with with different kinds of inks to make sure that we have an easier recycling have a better durability, but to make sure that we always want to have the nicest product, the most shiny product of them all. Uh, but <laughs> right. like you correctly pointed out, right, we need to think it up front. Does this make sense? And is it actually a good solution? And that can go in, in many di directions. And I think the latest one is more than on the compostability as well. You need to make right. sure that if you put inks in there, of course, that's also not harmful for the environment. Are you seeing a lot of uh, demand for compostable? It's starting to pick up. I think you have a, a more of a, a trend that, that came more from the CPG side on pulp-based packaging, where you see that there's the paper bottles is a, is a nice example or some other things where you see a trend where they want to go for that compostability. I think they're not sure yet what they wanted to do. And typically, right. that's, that's uh, I mean, not uncommon on new products. So yeah. I think there's a there's an increase, but... I think you also you're fully aware. I think it was even in one of your your podcasts that compostability is not that 
common in the US. And yeah, there's also the difference between industrial composting or home composting. So it's not a very straightforward way. So it's always a discussion that that something pops up. And in the end, typically it moves more towards let's go for a fully recyclable packaging or a reusable packaging. I think there's a bigger trend in reusable packaging than compostable, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a supporter of the idea. It's a great concept, but it's not there yet. Compostability is, it's, you know, if we can make it where it feeds the soil and it isn't just dead space, you know, isn't just taking a lot of energy to repulp or remake into a dirt, then I think it makes sense. But for now, I, I agree with you 100%. The focus needs to be on reusable, recyclable packaging for now until we've gotten that figured out. So, and we call ourselves typically uh, material agnostic. Um, We don't mind what material you're using and what container. Just need to make sure that when you do something, you think it all the way through. Like you said, take the label into account because you need that information to your customer. But also, there's ways where a label can actually um, replace a lot of colorants or anything. I mean, an opaque container or a, a colored container might look nice on the shelf, but if you can replace that with a transparent container, yeah. no colorants in there, and just use a, a label to have your brand image, sometimes this has a, has a big effect on what you're doing. And uh, we see more and more movement of, of brands that are interested to move away from colored containers, pigmented containers, but they still want to make sure, and then we're back at the beginning of the story, have their premium look because their brand is, of course, the most important thing. Yeah, uh, I was trying to match uh, some of these things uh, in, in there as well. I I agree. We talked about a lot on not on the podcast, but in you know we do a lot of audio lives and video live events on LinkedIn. We talked about how Coke took the Sprite bottles from the green container PET to a clear PET, so they could be easier to recycle. And and then you have a beautiful green label on there that's easy to remove. It just makes sense that we should stop using all of those tinted and all of the difficult to recycle items. So great point. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think, it, like I said, it's a very nice example from, from Coke where they went to need from away from the green balls. There's many more of those, as you can see. It's not always easy to have that conversation because I think being not the oldest person in the industry, I've heard, <laughs> sen- I've heard the sentence, we've always done it this way many, many yeah. times. Sure. Um, but th- that's why we're here. We need to challenge this. On, and if you really want to go for sustainable packaging, it, there's only one way you can do is Give the proof, make sure that you know that right. they can maintain all of their brand image, but have a more sustainable packaging. And that's why we're all here, right? Absolutely. So I need you to settle a debate for me. I often get asked if labels need to be removed from boxes to be recycled. Can the can a corrugated or chipboard box be recycled with a label on it? I'm going to give you the, the most useless <laughs> answer ever. It depends. Um, That's what I say. And they get mad but, at me. <laughs> but actually, that it, it goes back to the, it depends on what kind of label you have. There are, I think if you design it correctly, the labels should not be removed. I think there's there's not that many cases where it's a good situation uh, to, to remove the label completely in the case of cardboard boxes. I think if you keep it there and it's more 
it's recycled correctly and that's a better approach yeah. but it highly depends on what you're using unfortunately we've seen cases where customers are asking for labels plastic labels on a cardboard box so it's not probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but it, it highly depends on, on the label substrate. But there are ways to go around this and make sure that everything gets easily recycled, that you don't need to remove the labels. And that's probably the best uh, best option in there. It is. It, it has to be the answer. It's if, if it's not, that depends, then it's wrong because it depends. That's the answer. <laughs> and it depends on so many different caveats that, that we need to make it simpler for people to understand. And I think these things like the Truth and Labeling Act and things like that moving forward are going to make it so people understand. You know, extended producer responsibility is going to take hold and really make it so brands have to mark their items with what they are and how they're recycled. And it's, that's exciting to me to see all of these changes coming. Can Can you tell us a time when, you know, you saw a label that was like, wow, this really stood out in my memory and sold the product and made an impact for the company? That's a, that's a really nice question. I think that we had, there's several of those. Actually, one that pops out is we had a very good, a very nice wine house. And I'm not saying this because I tasted the wine. I did. <laughs> it was really nice, but they had fantastic packaging where they actually looked for on a glass bottle. They had a, a 100% recycled uh, paper that was printed uh, digitally, but actually with different, it was a mosaic structure. It's always the same uh, patterns in there, but it kept on moving. So it gave you a really unique kind of packaging that really stood out of the shell because you always thought you had one specific case in there on a glass packaging. And again, and from, for me, from my view on the sustainability side, of course, 100% uh, PCR content was was a nice thing in there. Yeah. And I think the other one, and that's probably one of the easiest, and, and you can look this up on, on YouTube, is uh, what Coca-Cola did in Japan. Um, we actually designed for them their Coke bottle where there was a small zip that you needed to pull. And actually, it turned into a sort of a flower-like uh, uh-huh. label, which was a way of, of sharing a, a Coke, their sharing Coke program. But it was a really out-of-the-box idea to actually do something and make your, your label pop out. That was brilliant. So, that was it, it, totally brilliant, totally impressive idea from Coke, and well done doing the doing the actual printing or, or manufacturing of it. Nice yeah, job. So it was a it was a nice challenge, but we were happy they they chose us as a partner, and and I think the result was was really really nice. And, and I think there's there's one more I can add that really stands out as more as a as a concept. What we're part of as well is is I think as a label producer, we also have a responsibility to look on on the, the sorting side and getting information. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're part of a, a consortium called Holy Grail 2.0, the follow-up project. So we're in the leadership team there. We're actually, uh, thanks to our, our Belgian facility, a founding member of this, where we actually embed digital watermarks in the packaging uh, to be able to have better sorting, but also interaction with, with consumers and, and wherever you want to do this. So this is really now on track. Semi-industrial testing looks really, really promising. So we're almost ready for the full industrial testing in Europe. And, and we want to take this to, to North America as well and, and make sure that it's not always about having the nicest creativity on like a bow label, but also I'm really impressed if you can see that you can put a code in there if it's now... Uh, RFID or, or anything in there that has an actual functionality, those things. And that's probably the, 
the nerd side of the packaging coming out that I really <laughs> appreciate yeah. um, those things as well. So I think those are the ones that really pop to mind if I think about what, what stood out for me. Well, that's amazing. I, I'm totally excited about the Holy Grail 2.0 project and I didn't know that you were a part of it and well done. Congratulations. That's a huge, a huge part of the solution, in my opinion. So will you keep us posted on that and uh, come back again someday and tell us how it's going? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. And that's actually how we like to play. Yes, we're in there. Probably we're in a lot of projects, but we're not the ones that are, are shouting and doing something. Um, it's, in the end, it's the brands and that need to have their, their label and their product shine. Uh, and if we can be part of this, uh, then we're very happy. And we'll steer that it make sure that it's a sustainable label and a sustainable solution for all of them. Well, excellent job, sir. Can you tell us how to get a hold of you or, or MCC labels? Sure. Yeah. I mean, via LinkedIn, me personally, but also the company is, is on all the social media platforms. More and a lot of information of what we're doing. A lot of nice case studies, as, as the ones I just mentioned, can be seen there as well. And on our website, we have all the information you need. So you can get directly in contact with any of our any of my colleagues, but also me. We're always happy to to look into detail on, on how we can help and actually work together to come to a more sustainable solution via the labeling in there. Excellent. And I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for sponsoring this podcast. If you're listening, uh, take a second to make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and, and give us a review. We really appreciate that. Tell your friends about us so we can spread this message about sustainable packaging. Thank you so much, Jane. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Corey. It was a pleasure. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.